Good morning. This is Michelle Bentham, host of Blooming Inspired Podcast. I have been off the air this summer, recovering really from treatment for allergies that I began last spring. And um, we began this podcast back in June, and I did eight episodes of the podcast back then, and I'm relaunching it um, this month in September, um, just in preparation for some things that God has been shaping and redefining in my life. You know, at Blooming Inspired Network, which is the parent organization for the Blooming Inspired podcast, we're all about women and helping women discover where they're called to lead and and, and what they're called to lead in. But, you know, as, as I began the summer back in June, I attended the Open Heavens Conference out of Bethel Church that um, took place in Dallas, Texas. And while I was at that conference, God began to really massage my heart about Blooming Inspired Network about women and about how he called his disciples. He didn't particularly focus on leadership. He focused on servanthood, on discipleship, on on being disciplined into becoming like Christ. And so in that way, I think we've got a lot of things right. But I want to shift our focus from what it means to be a woman leading in God's kingdom and take you to what it means to be a woman discipled in God's kingdom and how we discover all that God has for us, including leadership, from the process of discipleship and discipline in our lives through kingdom-focused study and conversations and opportunities. And so again, at at Blooming Inspired Network and the podcast, we're all about helping women discover their role and reign in God's kingdom. What does it mean to show up to the table with all of your femininity intact? and serve out of the truest identity that you know. Another thing God began to impress upon my heart at that conference is that identity is not really about who I am in Christ, but it's about shifting that focus over to who Christ is in me. I don't know if you hear the subtle difference in that, but all through the New Testament, we see the writers um, speaking about Christ in you is the hope of glory. Paul especially writes a lot about your identity in Christ. In Ephesians chapter 1, he talks about in Christ you are, and he goes into all of these wonderful qualities that being in Christ brings to us. But we're really supposed to be living up to Him, not figuring out how to press Him down into us. And so I'm going to be shifting the focus of embracing identity a little bit in the months to come, and I'm excited about that. I'm also going to be encouraging you to discover what it is you're passionate about. What are your life experiences, and and how has God begun to define your passion in your life? Then I want to talk about equipping you to live on purpose and live out of purpose in your life. That is one of the most beautiful things about the Blooming Inspired Network, and the way God has birthed it in my heart is because he's taken everything he said about me in my life, all those words he spoke over me before I was even created in my mother's womb. And he's begun to just let them spring up and bloom all over the place. 
I'm very, very excited about the season ahead. And I am going to be doing the podcast daily. Um, God has been very intentional in the last month and a half about clearing my schedule so that I have time to do the things He's called me to. We will be doing the podcast daily at 11 a.m. Central Time. And with that, I've got a word for you today. And I'm rather excited about this word. And I want you to just know that at five minutes in, I do have a word for you today. So let's start with some prayer and then we will jump right into our word for today. And I will also be sharing um, just a few things about some exciting stuff that's coming up here at the Blooming Inspired Network. Father God, we just we just submit this time to you. We just submit our hearts to you. We just submit our very lives to you. We submit who we are, what we're passionate about, what we feel like our purpose is, and we submit our calling to you. And we say, Lord, come and do your will. Speak to our hearts. Give us eyes to see, ears to hear, and a heart to know you more. Holy Spirit, invade our very inmost being and consume our mind and take our thoughts captive so that we may hear and see and know from a new perspective today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Here is kind of where I'm headed today. As I woke up this morning, uh, my mind was just playing, and I, and I want to read you something that I wrote as my mind was playing around. I have a little book. It's by my bed, and I pulled out a pen, and I began to write down just the things I was hearing. And one of the things that I wrote down was, I see God in everything. Whether it's a movie that I'm watching on television, there are so many places where I see God, even in the godless things of this world, because without God, they wouldn't exist. Everything that exists in our world was created by God. You know, I believe it's a great irony that in giving human beings free will, God empowered us to not only leave Him, but also forget and ultimately deny the one who created us. And by extension, the one who can sustain us, the one who can inform us, the one who can empower us, heal us, change us. Our scripture is going to be Psalm chapter 5 today, and I'd love it if you would turn over to Psalm chapter 5. I'm going to read one verse from Psalm chapter 5 and several translations, and then I'm probably going to read the whole chapter of Psalm 5 to you from either the Message or the Passion Translation. So get your Bible, start getting ready as you listen to kind of the setup, okay? So one of my favorite movies of all times is The English Patient with Ray Fiennes and Kirsten Scott. I saw this movie at a time in my life when I was very broken. I'd been in not one, but two abusive relationships. And I was pretty much running from everything in my life. Um, My children were living with their dad at the time because I just emotionally couldn't handle being a mom. Um, I was living with a woman that I had met kind of on the fly um, in Dallas County. I began to work at Dallas County and um, all the 
while, I was running from a history and a past here in my hometown where I had made some really poor choices and was under prosecution for criminal activity. I made some very just desperate and poor decisions. And so I was out there in Dallas pretending none of that happened and just trying to move forward in my life. And this movie, The English Patient, came out and I saw the previews for it and I wanted to see it. And so I went and saw it. The premise of the movie, again, I'm going with the theme of I see God in everything, even in the godless things. So in the premise of the movie, it's about pre-World War II, there are these European cartographers mapping the deserts in Africa. While this group who's been working out there for a while is on location, this couple flies in and a Hungarian count and a married English woman begin to have an affair out of that the relationships built from this cartography expedition where they're making maps. And so they're staying in Cairo, Egypt, which is the the primary place where where most of, of the things take place. And there's this one scene in the movie where Almalshi, who is the count, who is the Hungarian count, and Catherine, who is the wife of one of the expedition members, are, st- are talking, and he's expressing um, to her some frivolous information that he has. But at the end of the movie, it seems to all come together. And here's what he says. He's talking about being in the desert, and he says, there's also a plant that I've never seen, but I'm told you can cut a piece the size of a heart from this plant, and the next day it will be filled with a delicious liquid. And Catherine's response is, Find that plant and cut out its heart. And later on, Almashi is reflecting on lovers and love. He has this rebellious thing in his heart about ownership, and he doesn't want to feel owned or be owned. But through the course of their relationship, he becomes very jealous of Catherine, and he calls her his own. He talks about, you know, new lovers are very careless. They smash everything. And in that, he says, the heart is an organ of fire. And you know, fire is this beautiful thing. Like you can apply fire to sand and make glass. You can apply fire to food and make edible, healthy meals, right? You can apply fire to wood and get heat. You can apply fire and in controlled settings, you can apply fire to glass and get beautiful artistic creations. You can apply fire to alcohol inks and again, get the same result. Fire is a, it can be a beautiful thing, but it can also be a very destructive thing. Scripture talks about the fire of God. It's an all-consuming fire. And then you have the, the tongue is a flame of fire. It will consume things if you're not careful with it. So the fire can be productive or it can be passionate and it, it can be fierce or it can be destructive. The heart is an organ of fire. And this is where we're going today. The heart is an organ of fire. What kind of fire is burning in your heart? At the end of the movie, the World War II is beginning. And so they have been called away from their work in Cairo. And so everybody's scrambling to get away. One of the guys leaves, and Almashi is in this particular place where the Cave of Swimmers is, which is a it is a discovery with hieroglyphics in it um, that they made while they were on their expedition. 
And so he had gone back to do a little more work there. And Catherine and her husband were supposed to fly in, pick him up, and take them with him back to Europe. Well, it turns out that Catherine's husband was a spy for the English government, and she knew it, and she had disclosed it to Al-Mashi. And so he had discovered they were having this affair. And so as he's flying in, he crashes the plane on landing and kills himself. And the whole time he's screaming how much he loves Catherine. Well, Catherine is severely injured. So Almashi comes and checks on him and she's alive and she's telling him to check on him. Well, he's dead. So he gets her out of the plane and wraps her in a parachute and takes her um, into the cave of swimmers and sets her up with a flashlight and some food and tells her, I'm going to get help. And she's like, please tell me that you'll come back for me. And at that moment, he notices she's wearing a thimble around her neck that he had bought for her. And it's full of saffron um, powder, yellow powder. And he says, you're wearing the thimble. And she says, of course I am. Didn't you know that I've always loved you? And he starts to weep. Well, at some point in this cave with Catherine, he tells her, every night I cut out my heart. And in the morning, I find that it's full up again. And so I think that this is, this is a picture of intimacy that we can have with God. Not the affair, right? But this picture of what would happen if we took and laid out the pieces of our life before God and waited for Him to breathe on them, waited for Him to respond to them, waited for Him to answer about them. What if we followed Him? Again, our our, our theme is discipleship, being called by God. And so let me read um, from Psalm 5. I want to read one particular verse, and then I'm going to read the whole chapter to you. In Psalm 5, and verse 3, it says in the New King James Version, My voice you shall hear in the morning, O Lord. In the morning I will direct it to you and will look up. Isn't that beautiful? I just love it. I love it. I love it. Oh, I need that. Um, Sorry about that. I need a note that I had. And then in... The ESV, it says, O Lord, in the morning you hear my voice. In the morning I prepare a sacrifice for you. And watch. So now let's go back to that. Every night I cut out my heart, and in the morning it's full up again. Now think about your heart as a sacrifice before God. In the voice, it says, every night. Oh, in the voice translation, it says, in the morning, O Eternal One, listen for my voice. In the day's first light, I will offer my prayer to you and watch expectantly for your answer. So that's the Psalm 5 and verse 3 in those translations. And then in the Passion Translation, it says something very different. It says, at each and every sunrise, you will hear my voice as I prepare my sacrifice of prayer to you. 
Every morning I lay out the pieces of my life on the altar and wait for your fire to fall upon my heart. And in the message translation, it says, Every morning you'll hear me at it again. Every morning I lay out the pieces of my life on your altar and watch for your fire to descend. So let's read all of Psalm 5. It's only a few verses. Um, it goes through verse 12. Let's read all of Psalm 5 in the Passion Translation. And then I'd love to share a few thoughts with you. It says, Listen, Yahweh, Jehovah, Lord, to my passionate prayer. Can't you hear my groaning? Don't you hear how I'm crying out to you? My King and my God, consider my every word, for I am calling out to you. Now, I want to pause right there because this reminds me, a long time ago, God put into my heart Psalm 30, I mean, Psalm Jeremiah 33, 3. And in Jeremiah 33, 3, it says, call to me and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things that you did not know. And here is the psalmist crying out to God, saying, don't you hear my groaning? Do you hear how I'm crying out to you? My King and my God, consider my every word, for I am calling out to you. At each and every sunrise, you will hear my voice as I prepare my sacrifice of prayer to you. Every morning, I lay out the pieces of my life on the altar and wait for your fire to fall upon my heart. I know that you, God, are never pleased with lawlessness, and evil ones will never be invited as guests in your house. No, so, no, so in verse 3, he says, I'm going to prepare a sacrifice of prayer for you. I'm going to take time and sacrifice, not just my time, but I'm going to sacrifice from my life. I'm going to lay out the pieces of my life. I'm going to lay out the pieces of my heart on the altar, and I'm going to wait for your fire to fall upon my heart. And then he goes into question, he goes into confession. I know that you, God, are never pleased with lawlessness, and evil ones will never be invited as guests in your house. Boasters collapse, unable to survive your scrutiny, for your hatred of evildoers is clear. You will make an end of all those who lie, how you hate their hypocrisy and despise all who love violence. He's going to make things right. Do you hear that? Part of God's fire falling upon our heart is it consumes the things that are not like Him. When's the last time you experienced God's fire falling upon your heart and your life? Let Him burn up the things that are lawlessness. Let Him burn up the lies. You know, Bill Johnson says that it, when you believe a lie, you empower the liar. And we don't even have to speak a lie audibly, though we often do. We exaggerate or we, or we minimize tr the facts about what happens, which are lies. And we call them little white lies and we somehow justify them. 
and and he talks specifically about two lies of the tongue. One is uh, two sins of the tongue, lying and boasting, being too built up in yourself, and then violence. Because did you know that being too built up in yourself and being deceived, that that's the root of most violence in this world? Hmm. What is God saying to you in this moment about what you need to bring before him and make right? Consider that. Take a moment, pause, push pause on the the podcast and, and set that your heart right before him. Let him consume those things which need to be consumed so that only the things that reflect him remain. And then it says in verse 7, But I know that you will welcome me into your house, for I am covered by your covenant of mercy and love. In other words, those who belong to God, he deals with mercifully. We just need to come to him. We make things right with him. And his mercy will overflow to us. His love will come to us. We have nothing to fear in our good God. So I come to your sanctuary with deepest awe. When's the last time you came before God? With deep awe in your heart towards him. To bow and worship and adore you. Did you know that there is a need for reverence. There's a need for awe in our lives to bow and worship before God. I think about um, a story. Well, we're on a movie thing today. I think about a story um, from the creation of the movie The Greatest Story Ever Told, where John Wayne plays one of the Roman guards who are at the cross when Jesus is crucified. And after they run the spear through him, they're, they're, they're filming the scene. And in this scene, John Wayne is supposed to be, to say the words from scripture, truly this man must be the son of God. And um, he, he does his lines in the, you know, normal Duke fashion. I'm not sure that I can do it, but you know, surely this man must be the son of God. Very, very commonplace. And they, they, and the director calls cut, and he says, okay, let's redo it. And John, this time, give me some awe. And John says, awe, surely this man must be the son of God. Give God some awe. Worship him. Adore him. Do it right there in your living room, in your car on your way to work. Take a moment at your workplace and just pause and reverence God and worship Him from your heart. The fire of God falling of your, on your heart will give you a new perspective, a new reverence, a new awe for God. Verse 8, Yahweh, lead me in the pathways of your pleasure just like you promised me you would, or else my enemies will conquer me. Smooth out your road in front of me, straight and level, so that I will know where to walk. Guide me, direct me, God. 
Show me what pleases you and make me walk in that way, just like you promised. Do you know that God is a God who will not only direct your path, but will keep all of his promises? He is not an Indian giver. He does not withhold from you for his silly amusement. He is good, and he is pure, and he is true. And he loves you. And he has provided a way for you. And he's waiting for you to look to him and call out to him for it. He says, if I don't stay on your path in the middle or else my enemies will conquer me. He says, smooth out the road in front of me. Make it straight and level so that I will know where to walk. Take the obstacles out of my path. I want to stay on the road with you. Don't let me go a wrong direction. And then he laments on the the condition of people. For you can't trust anything they say. Their hearts are nothing but deep pits of destruction, drawing people into their darkness with their speeches. They are smooth-tongued deceivers who flatter with their words. You see, he's, he's saying, there are people that will lead me to destruction. They'll flatter me with their words, but draw me into darkness with those speeches. And I can't think of a time in history when this is more true. We have social media platforms, Facebook and Twitter and, and, and Instagram and LinkedIn and the, the 24-hour news cycle in our media. And you can see how we have moved from journalism being um, an opportunity to get the facts and reality of news out there, and it's become editorial and opinion in nature. Rather than just reporting the facts, people give their own commentary and, 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 and bend it and turn it the way they want it to go. And so rather than giving people a chance to hear and make an informed decision, we begin to ride along with those thoughts and opinions of others. And it takes us down a dark and miserable path in our own heart and in our agreement with others. We judge people based on this all the time. We judge them right and wrong. We judge them good and bad. And what if we just stopped judging and began to love? And then the psalmist says, I want mercy for me, but declare them guilty, O God. Let their scheme, their own schemes be their downfall. Let the guilt of their sins collapse on top of them, for they rebel against you. You see, he loves God so much that he doesn't want those who oppose God to have victory. Do we love God so much that we would pray for the fall of those who oppose him, who oppose what he stands for, who oppose what his scriptures say, who oppose what I think would be good for me, who oppose him with what I think would be good for me, is how I should say it. The other night I was having a conversation with my father and we were talking about um, a political action committee and um, 
they promote candidates and and I was I'd been reading about this political com- action committee and I'm not going to name it and I'm not going to tell which side of the fence I sit on because those are irrelevant things and I don't really sit on the side of the fence I want to be informed and make choices that are informed and and express value for others as well as myself and so I was telling him that I had concerns about this pack because I had heard that they were one allowing wealthy and wealthy patrons to funnel money to specific candidates because they served their interest and two this is what political action committees do I don't know if you know that but this is what they do and then they were sending out literature under a DBA name that is registered with the state of Texas that made it sound like that they were on they were some kind of governmental agency revealing information about a particular candidate that is in the party that they support. But they don't want him to get elected because they don't like him. And I said, that's just, I, I just think that's wrong. Are we willing to stand up and say that even, even people we might align with on most principles are doing something wrong and we shouldn't align with it and condone it? Are we willing to say that? Are we willing to stand up to that? <sighs> Are we willing to stand against those who rebel against God and don't do what's right in His eyes? So here we are, and we're going to finish up. Verse 11, But let them all be glad, those who turn aside to hide themselves in you. In other words, those who are caught in a multitude of sin, who are convicted by God of their guilt, can turn to God ah, and be made glad in Him if they will hide themselves in Him. Let's run to God today and hide ourselves in Him again. May they keep shouting for joy forever as you overshadow them in your presence and they sing and rejoice. Then every lover of your name will burst forth with endless joy. Lord, how wonderfully you bless the righteous. I'm going to stop right there. Did you know that if you are in Christ, you are right now already righteous because you believed God, you received his promise in Christ, you received his salvation, and that faith has been credited to you as righteousness, just as it was credited to Abraham in all those 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 centuries before we got to the day that Jesus came and all the centuries before today if you believe God and you lay hold of his promises for yourself and you hide yourself in him through Jesus Christ that faith is counted to you and becomes your righteousness And it says in Scripture that we are the very righteousness of Christ. Your favor wraps around each one and covers them under your canopy of kindness and joy. Do you see how taking our heart, 
and laying it out before God as a sacrifice each day leads us to a place of not only intimacy, not only conviction, not only salvation, but a place of joy and experience His kindness and His goodness, experiencing His faithfulness, experiencing His voice calling us righteous, experiencing His protection as His wing spreads out and overshadows us. So let's close with prayer today. Lord God, I just ask that you would meet us right where we are today as we come before you and we lay the pieces of our life and our heart upon the altar before you and we wait with expectation as we pray and look to you to not only answer, but to send your fire to fall upon our hearts and to consume everything in our lives that isn't like you. Burn us up for you, God. Make us like candles who display your glory in the night, torches even that display your glory in the great darkness that surrounds us today. Lord, we love you. Um, We are so grateful to you. Would you move in our hearts to expose any place where our heart is not inclined towards you and help us to stand boldly for the things we know of you to be true and against those who would oppose you. And I just ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So I want to tell you about a couple of quick things before I close out the podcast today. The first is I've we've scheduled two retreats that are coming up. One is very shortly, October 12th through the 13th. The cost of the retreat is $150, and it's a prophetic retreat. It's going to be an intimate encounter with the Lord in a small group setting. And for this first one, it's going to be a very small group. It's going to be very select. Um, There's only four spots available. I have one filled and I have three available at this moment. And I would love to get you signed up for... Um, October the 12th through the 13th, we'll be meeting at at Eagle Mountain Lake outside of Fort Worth, Texas. Um, I've got, I've, I've rented a house out there on the lake for the, for the three day event. And we will go from three o'clock. It will be check-in time and we'll start the sessions after dinner that night. And it will go to um, about 11 o'clock on Saturday morning. Um, All your meals from Thursday evening meal to Saturday breakfast are included in the price of registration. That's two nights accommodation. And I'm happy to report everybody will get their own bed in this house. Um, So I would love it if you would register today. You can register by um, going to bloominginspirednetwork.com, select the Let's Connect link at the top of the page, select events, go to October the 11th, and click on that, and you can register there. And then I will send you an invoice um, f- to pay for the registration for your for the event. Um, we... this. First one, you will need to pay the full amount um, immediately. 
But for the next one, which will be an, uh, also a prophetic retreat, very similar to what we're doing this time, it'll be January 17th through 19th. Um, I'm looking in the DFW area for a similar setup that will accommodate 10 people. And so same price, $150 for three nights. All meals included from Thursday evening to Saturday morning. And um, we're just going to ha- go and, and have an intimate time with the Lord. I will I will probably do some teaching. You get a 30-minute um, private prophetic session. Um, and, and I just I sense the Lord has something very special in this season. Um, as I've been out among people in the marketplace and uh, even in my church and with friends, I, I just feel like people are hungry and thirsty to hear and be encouraged in the Lord, that it's been a very dry season and that dry season is over and He wants to pour water on your life. He wants to pour fire on your heart. So come and join me as for for two full days we... Um, Lay our hearts upon the altar before God and wait for His fire to descend. I'm so grateful to be back on the air with you and and to be sharing with you. Um, I am in the process of 501c3 Blumen Inspired Network, and I'm going to begin fundraising very soon. And would love um, for if you would like to partner with us, you can email me at admin at bloominginspirednetwork.com admin at bloominginspirednetwork.com. Be sure to email me. Look us up on Facebook at Blooming Inspired or on Twitter. We're at Bloom Inspire Net. And um, just let me know that you're tuning in. Let me know that you're listening. And I would love to hear from you. Um, so with that said, I just want to leave you with... Um, the Lord's blessing from Numbers chapter 6. And I'm going to look that up real quick. Yeah. And and if if you got a yes in your heart as I was talking about this retreat opportunity, sign up. Sign up by faith and believe that God's going to do something marvelous in your life as a result. Um, because I believe God has something very, very special. So in Numbers chapter 6, Aaron was commanded by God to bless the children of Israel. And by grace, we are the children of God through the nation of Israel. Because Jesus came from the line of Abraham, right? He says, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace, so they shall put my name on my children, and I will bless them. May the blessing of the Lord go with you today. Until tomorrow, this is Michelle, and I'm signing off.